to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this been back. He is, of course, a world-renowned cardiologist, epidemiologist. It's Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. You're moving fast today, Joe. We're always moving fast. We're rapid fire in this show. You know that. You're always so quick with uh, with the responses, and we appreciate that because we get a lot in a small amount of time. Let's start with you speaking in front of the European Union. This is a big deal. Millions and millions of views. A, how are you invited there? And B, is Europe more open to the truth than we are here in America when it comes to COVID-19 and the vaccines and all this stuff? I was invited to a session by German member of parliament, Christine Anderson, a real freedom fighter. We had both a legal team and a medical team. I, I capstone the medical presentation uh, on the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, a biopharmaceutical complex, probably led by the WHO, World Economic Forum, but you know, many NGOs, as well as uh, the regulatory agencies, all working with big pharma on pushing the vaccines. Uh, and I, I concluded with two major calls. The first one was remove all the COVID-19 vaccines from the market. They're not safe for human use. The present ones and then future boosters, get them off the market. Second call was to pull out of the WHO. WHO does not help developed countries at all. And their pandemic treaty alliance, international health regulations are an overreach. Uh, it's a big power grab that's going to get us bound up in international law. We don't want any of that. So drop the COVID-19 vaccines, pull out of the WHO, and let's move on. Peter McCullough, MD.com is his website. Sort of like a, a one-stop shop for all of your, your, um, uh, your, your content, all of your information. You start there. You go anywhere you want to go. Go and do that. Doc, when they in Europe were questioning Pfizer, and there was some vice president from Pfizer that was on the stand, they asked this specific question. Did you ever study whether these vaccines stop the spread or stop the, the contagiousness of COVID-19? And the answer was no. So our FDA, our CDC, our NIH all lied. The president, Biden lied when they said if you take this shot it'll stop this that should have that should have shot everything out, out the window shouldn't have as soon as they sat down and asked that question our cdc director came out you know mid-summer of 2021 said the vaccines don't stop transmission pfizer knew that all along never should have been a mandate now we learn in a paper by michael and colleagues on my courageous discourse Substack. michael and colleagues it turned out that pfizer had 38 additional deaths from the data cutoff point in November of 2020 to the FDA meeting in December of 2020. Wow. And those deaths occurred mainly in Pfizer-treated patients. And so the FDA committee was never updated on reality was a threefold increased risk of cardiovascular death. So if Pfizer would have been honest with the data, the FDA committee should have asked them for the additional deaths, deaths after the cutoff point and have an appendix in the briefing booklet. The Pfizer vaccine never would have been approved, Joe. It was bad from the start. It was. It's never really been approved. It's still EUA. There, there's never been any FDA approval. This way you can't sue the companies for all this stuff that they're doing. And emergency usage only or uh, um, authorization should give me the ability under a, some sort of consent to say, yes, I'll take it, no, I won't. But governments and, and businesses and cities used this EUA and forced it anyway. Th th those two can't coexist. Can the EUA means I have the right to try it if I feel like it, but under informed consent, if I don't want to, I shouldn't have to. But as I said, cities, counties, states, the central government, or all forcing people to, or else their livelihood would be at risk. Well, you've laid it out quite well. First off, the vaccines are government property. They're government property. So the, right. first off, 
they're not commercially bought and sold. You're right, they're not FDA approved. They are approved for emergency use authorization. That's how I was using that term. They're not fully licensed. Emergency use authorization prior to COVID was only for military mechanisms. It was used for anthrax, other vaccines. It's never, we've had three years now of emergency use authorization, government vaccines used publicly. It's never happened before. There should always be free choice, always be informed consent, and never have a mandate on something that's emergency use authorized. It's uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Go and get his book, Courage to Face COVID-19. Go to his website, uh, PeterMcCulloughMD.com, for all the uh, all the links from there. Let me ask you about Fauci recently coming out and admitting something that you and I knew and that you and I talked about now for three years. Uh, he says, yes, there's an increased chance or risk of, of myocarditis in men, especially young men, uh, because of the vaccines. But he couches it this way. Tell me if he's right. But there's a higher happenstance of myocarditis myocarditis in men just from COVID-19. Is that true? No, that's a false narrative. We know from 2020 before the vaccines that myocarditis was very rare with COVID. Big study from the NCAA Big Ten League. They found a handful of cases, no hospitalizations, no deaths, inconsequential. Tuvalia and colleagues from Israel showed no increase from the baseline occurs with Oxeki and other viruses. Uh, U.S. military also dropped their screening programs. So we know myocarditis with COVID is very rare. Uh, and, uh, and then with the vaccines, there was an explosion of myocarditis. Thousands of cases reported the CDC. Fatal cases, paper by Holscher and colleagues on the senior author shows autopsy proven fatal cases of myocarditis never happened with COVID. So Fauci, again, is misleading the public trying to downplay COVID vaccine myocarditis. It's a killer. It's the same guy that said he never forced mask mandates, and of course he did. It's the same guy who said he never suggested we shut down the economy or shut down the country. We've got video of him saying exactly that. How is this guy still getting 430000 a year in his so-called retirement? And there's actually talk about him maybe facing legal charges. Would you be somebody who would support that, knowing that either he was completely inept and incompetent or he was lying on purpose? You know, Fauci's never faced me in the U.S. Senate. He's been invited multiple times, advance notice. Now we learned the House Select Committee, Brad Wenstrup, just got this out on Twitter. Turns out that Fauci visited the CIA secretly uh, during early on in the pandemic, probably in crafting this false narrative. Remember Fauci, Francis Collins, Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance, Jeremy Farrar at Wellcome Trust, Christian Anderson Scripps. Edwin Holmes, Sydney, Kurt Rambrandt at LSU, they were all part of that key meeting January 2020, where they decided to mislead the world and say the vaccine came out of nature when they knew it came out of the Chinese biosecurity lab. What's interesting about this is only a month ago, we had two more people in front of a House committee who literally said, I still believe it came from the wet market. It came from nature. And there's no possible way a bat bit a pangolin, whatever that is, and then somebody ate that and it spread to humans. The possibility, is there any possibility, Doc, in your, in your opinion, even 1% that it came from nature? No, it did not come from nature. In fact, Ralph Barrick at the UNC Chapel Hill with the bat lady, Shingling Lee, they published the papers together 2016, Nature Medicine proceeds the National Academy of Sciences. They declared they created SARS-CoV-2 in, at the time, it was a biosecurity at level three lab. They said it was gain-of-function research, but it was grandfathered in uh, under the pre-Obama uh, years, and it's all U.S. funded. So the, the, it's clear, you know, U.S. published research 
created SARS-CoV-2, it didn't come out of a out of a wet market. Follow him everywhere, Dr. Peter McCullough. PeterMcCulloughMD.com is the website. He's a great follow on Instagram, on Twitter, and everywhere else. I guess we're calling it X now. Uh, when it comes to what we were told and what we now know, quietly, I wonder if you saw this, and we may have talked about this before. I apologize if we did. But a lawyer for the FDA, under oath in some suit, admitted that doctors should be fully able to prescribe ivermectin. You know, the attack on ivermectin, the attack on you and me because we said ivermectin worked, which it does, um, was so ridiculous. And now even the FDA quietly, no big news sources ever even reported this. The lawyer said, we, we would never stop doctors from prescribing. You realize, Dr. McCullough, that even today, some pharmacies not far from me in San Antonio will not fill an ivermectin prescription, even today. What do you make of all that? The FDA intentionally misled the country in tweets and said ivermectin is only horse paste shouldn't be used to treat COVID. Now the lawyers speaking on behalf of the FDA said doctors can use ivermectin like we always can, appropriately utilized off-label use, community standard of care. Ivermectin is community standard of care. It's been in the McCullough protocol since 2020 and FLCC and other protocols. But you're right, the pharmacist followed the, the FDA's fraudulent statements on ivermectin. It all came out in court. Congratulations, Dr. Apter, uh, Mary Terry Bowden, as well as um, Dr. Paul Merrick. They're the ones that took the FDA to task, and we do have it now, the truth out in the open. What's interesting about off-label, this is how they try to sell it. They're making off-label a pejorative, when of course it's not. And at the same time, they're complaining about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, which do, which are effective therapies for COVID-19. They're also pushing off-label usage of drugs and calling them puberty blockers. These drugs were never, were never intended to stop puberty or change hormones or to transition somebody. What, what do you make of that? Were they, they're pushing off-label big time. I mean, if you're against that, you're a transophobe, but you can't see off-label for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Remember, the, the label is the original advertising claims of a product. Uh, you know, I've been in sessions with the FDA. I've lectured at the FDA. I've been on FDA advisory panels. We agree that the advertising claims are irrelevant to clinical practice. The advertising claims are just what the drug companies want to do. Doctors use drugs according to the art and science of medicine. FDA has 2018 guidance on their website saying doctors should use drugs off-label when they're fulfilling an unmet need. And that's exactly what we did with COVID. You're right, it's a double standard. And the FDA has actually lost a tremendous amount of credibility in the physician eye. I had uh, attorney Tom Renz on last week. He said that the shots are not mRNA. He said they're mod RNA. He said mRNA would stay in your shoulder if that's where you put it. Mod RNA goes through your whole body. Is there something to that? I'd never heard the term before. Well, there is human messenger RNA, which your cells are making right now, Joe. It's it's very, uh, you know, it's it's made for each single use. It, it helps, uh, you know, tra- create a protein from DNA. Right. And it's broken down by ribonucleases. So the... Messenger RNA of Pfizer and Moderna, it's synthetic because one of the natural uh, uh, is called uh, uh, called uracil is replaced with pseudouridine. So it's synthetic. It's not broken down by human enzymes. The messenger RNA is widely circulating in the bloodstream paper by Castriuta showed this. Roltgen and colleagues from Stanford showed it stuck in lymph nodes for months. Now we learn that the spike protein produced from the messenger RNA is floating in the bloodstream. Listen to this for six months at high concentrations, paper by Brogna and colleagues from Germany. This is really bad. 
people have spike protein circulating in their blood and they keep taking shots every six months. And so there is sustained circulation of this lethal protein devised in Wuhan, China. Peter McCullough, MD.com is his website. Go there. I want to talk in a little while about what people can do about that pro those spike proteins that are floating around in their bloodstream and how they can use a therapy to get rid of that. Uh, in the meantime, though, I want to bring this up. The new variant is on the way. I had Malone on last week, and Dr. Malone said this is very, very um, unfatal. The mortality rate is very, very low. Even if it's 100% more than we saw in, in cases of COVID because of the new variant, that's based on a very, very low number. So 100% is not hard to get to. And he says, by no means should anybody take this new booster that Biden allegedly took the other day, but we weren't allowed to see him take it. What are your thoughts about this so-called new variant and the push by some for new mandates? The CDC tells us the fall outbreak is led by EG5 and XL1.5. Uh, I've already managed patients with this in my clinical practice. It's very mild, uh, just some mild nasal congestion and uh, no fever, no pulmonary involvement. We just use nasal sprays and washes, you know, uh, virucidal nasal sprays, uh, gargles like Scope or Listerine, no prescription drugs are needed. I haven't had anybody near the hospital in many years now, Joe. No need for an XBB 1.5 booster because XBB 1.5 is nearly gone from circulating strains. And, uh, you know, Moderna's package insert now on the booster looks like it's just as dangerous, potentially even more dangerous than the previous shots. And by the way, talking about taking a shot is something that was so completely uh, premature. But when I talked to Renz last week, he said it's because the government already bought all the shots. So what are they going to do with them? So they're now actually, they literally are pushing every day from the podium in the press room. Every American should get this booster. You're saying they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Recent paper by Roshan colleagues. This is shocking. 34.9% of healthcare workers are so sick after these boosters. They can't go to work the next day or day after. These are very toxic shocks. Uh, they should not be administered. I've called on the floor of the U.S. Senate December 7th, 2022. Pull all these vaccines off the market. They're not safe for human use. It's uh, Peter McCullough, MD.com. It's Dr. Peter McCullough. So let's talk about those who are concerned. Last time we spoke, it went viral. I pulled out what, the one part where you gave the therapy for what people should do if they're worried about the boosters that they've taken, the spike proteins that you just uh, alluded to, six months in the bloodstream at very high concentrations. But there is a way to take care of that. What is it that people should do? There is. You know, a recent paper by Dexner and colleagues from Germany, Joe, the vast majority of long COVID patients, it's because they've taken the vaccines. It's not due to wow. COVID, it's due to the vaccine. So even long COVID, uh, the problem is COVID-19 vaccination. The virus is getting milder, by the way. Long COVID is getting less frequent. But the people with the lowest rate of long COVID is unvaccinated with Omicron. But ha having said that, if people have had multiple episodes of the infection, taken multiple shots, all the studies show that they have spike protein stuck in their tissues, potentially circulating in blood. Three things are known to help here, uh, and they provide a, a basis of care. Can't make any therapeutic claims. Large trials are not done, but here they are. Natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day. Bromelain, 500 milligrams a day. And curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. It's in a publication. I'm the first author. Journal of American Physician and Surgeons. also on the European Commission uh, preprint server. It received tons of downloads. It's called Base Spike Detoxification. Again, natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day. Bromelain, 500 milligrams a day. And curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. You know, one of the best-in-class products is Spike Support from the wellness company. That's natokinase plus five minor 
ingredients. So I tell you, we've got a solution now and uh, the vast majority of people are doing it and we're seeing progress. It takes about minimum three months. I saw patients today, severe neurologic case. It's been about five months and she's turning the corner. I think that's great. You and I both work with a wellness company. People can go to my, my Linktree, linktree.com slash Joe Pags, and click on the wellness company. It takes you right to this page. Read up more about it, and it's supported by Dr. McCullough. One last question that people constantly ask me, and I don't know the answer, even though I've, I've interviewed you now three years, and I've got all these other Urso mm-hmm. and Malone and, and uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez coming in. I don't know the answer. Is shedding really something? I'm not vaccinated. I didn't take any shots. If I'm around somebody constantly who took all the boosters, is shedding something I should worry about? At the level of the spike protein, it looks like everyone's been exposed to it. There's multiple seroprevalence studies. We all have antibodies to the spike protein. I rarely find anybody in my clinic who has no antibodies to spike. So we've all been exposed to spike through the infection, some through the vaccine and many through both. Uh, Now, having said that, what you're really worried about is actually shedding of the messenger RNA itself. Right. Now two papers, Joe, uh, one in Lancet, one in JAMA, showing messenger RNA coming through the breast milk of, uh, of women, pregnant women who have delivered, ill-advised, they took the shots. This does not look good. It must be in body fluids. So we don't know how much messenger RNA is being transferred. I've interviewed on my show Helene Benoun from France, former INSERM, scientist. She's convinced it's happening. It's probably close contact. People have asked me, well, if my spouse or, or uh, you know, partner has taken a shot, uh, there may be a risk in the first 30, 60, 90 days. I'm telling people if they can try to forego close contact for about 90 days and hopefully the body starts to shield it. Always perfect advice. Get his book called Courage to Face COVID. And uh, it's Dr. Peter McCullough, PeterMcCulloughMD.com. Doc, thanks a million. Let's do it again soon. All right. See you soon. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. I appreciate Dr. McCullough coming on. He can always cite a study. He can always cite a paper. He's got actual facts and science backing him up, unlike the government we've been dealing with for the past couple of years. Uh, this guy brings it every single time. We'll post that interview later on. And again, uh, linktree.com slash Joe Pags. Click on the wellness company. Back after this. This is the Joe Pags Show.